Hello, and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Agatha Gondam in the case of the Blameless Abelia. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. As I calmly sipped my soy latte on a glorious spring morning at my buddy Morris's summer shack in Savannah, Georgia, my cell phone started ringing insistently. I ran inside to see what or who could possibly want to disturb my Sunday morning. It was coded, of course. I sighed and asked myself, why did I bring him with me? What is it now, coded? What did I tell you about Sunday mornings? You know I planned this trip to Savannah to relax a bit, but you just can't allow it, can you? I went on and on, until Coded stopped me. Stop! Okay, I got it. But it's an emergency, Dendro. He always thinks everything is an emergency, I thought, as he continued. I accessed the Tree Blurb web forum on my cell phone at the beach to help out some friends with diagnostics, when that guy, what's his name, uh, I remember now, Nef Arius, he popped up saying how he loves when a client calls with a bug complaint, and he just goes there and sprays the heck out of it. Okay, Coded, I replied. Unfortunately, as you know, there are some unscrupulous arborists out there. But couldn't this wait until Monday? Coded nervously shouted, No! Neff said that he just got called for one of these easy money jobs, and he was going to the site in ten minutes. We have to do something, Dendro. I waited for Kodit to calm down and explain that there's nothing we can do about it. It's not our client, and even though we think it's wrong, we shouldn't interfere. All we can do is share information with Mr. Arius and try to educate him. Kodit was reluctant to let it go, but I told him I would think about the matter after I finished my latte. As the evening went by, I couldn't stop thinking about my conversation with Coded that morning, and how fast information flies around now with the internet. It was past my bedtime, but I decided to check my email and see if reading it would put me to sleep. After reading many irrelevant messages and almost nodding off, I decided to open one last email for the night. The subject line of the message was, B.G. Issue, and I wondered what it could be about. The message was from Miss Susanna Abella in Atlanta, Georgia, and she explained that she had an insect problem. She had consulted with an arborist, but he did not make a good impression on her, and in fact seemed a little creepy. Worried about her trees and garden, she said that she needed a second opinion. I may have been dreaming already, but I could feel the sweetness in her message. In any case, I couldn't resist this mystery and said that Coded and I would drive to Atlanta the next day. Besides, Coded had been looking for an excuse to check out the new aquarium in Atlanta since we had arrived in Georgia. The next day, Coded and I drove to Atlanta to Miss Abella's house. She welcomed us with warm southern hospitality. Oh, it feels good to be back in Georgia, I thought, as Coded and I strolled through Susanna's beautifully landscaped yard. The smell of the southern lady's flowers reminded me of the case of the gratified Grandiflora. Good times. During our inspection, we did not notice anything out of the ordinary. And, interestingly enough, Susanna's trees and shrubs were in good and structurally sound condition. As Coded and I were wondering what the possible insect problem was that required a second opinion, Susanna pointed to several bees in her water oak tree, Quercus nigra. Her big blue eyes sparkled like large blue butterflies as she began to explain. Here is the problem, detective. 
Ever since I saw these bees buzzing around, I'm not able to sleep at night. I'm pretty sure these are the killer Africanized honeybees, she continued. These evil bees are known to kill people because although their sting isn't any more powerful than the European honeybees, they have a very defensive habit and will attack and pursue victims in greater numbers and over greater distances. Whoa, this gal really impressed me with her knowledge about bees. I asked how she learned so much about the Africanized honeybees known by entomologists as Apis mellifera scutellata, but commonly referred to as AHBs. She replied confidently, explaining that her favorite shows are on the Nature Channel, which had recently featured AHBs and their victims during their Killer Creature Week. I explained to Susanna that even though AHBs have been found in some southern parts of the United States, they haven't been reported in Georgia, and that what looked like AHBs from a distance would more likely be another type of bee. I was trying to calm her, but in the back of my mind I thought, what if they're really AHBs? What if they have reached Georgia? So, Detective, how do we know these are not the killer AHBs? Shouldn't we spray them anyway? Aren't they going to damage my oak trees? Susanna inquired frantically. Listen, Detective Dendro, the only Abella I want to have is my last name. Codet and I stared blankly. She could tell by our confused expressions we did not get her joke. Susanna quickly explained to us that her last name had Portuguese origins and meant B in the Portuguese language. Before trying to decide on any management approaches, I explained that we must first figure out what kind of bees we're dealing with. Fortunately, Coded knew how to make a bee trap using a bottle, some juice, a pocket knife, and some plastic tubes. As he prepared to climb the tree for an aerial assessment and leave the trap as close as possible to the location mentioned by Susanna, we went to the patio for some sweet iced tea. After two hours of small talk with Susanna, we headed out to see if Codet's trap had worked. Before we could even check it, Codet came running and screaming jubilantly, We got it! We got it! As I focused my hand lens on the bee, I saw that it was about the size of a honeybee, and it also had black bands around its abdomen. I was able to see pollen dust concentrated on the underside of its abdomen. That couldn't possibly be an AHB, I said to Susanna. Honeybees carry pollen on their hind legs a fact I'd recalled from an apiology class I had taken in Brazil a long time ago. I also learned about orchid bees, Euglacini tribe, in the Amazon forest. As Codet treated himself to a pack of trail mix, I asked him to pass me a Brazil nut and asked him, Did you know that the very tall Brazil nut trees, Bertholetia excelsa is their scientific name, bloom only once a year? The flowers on that tree last for only about 24 hours and orchid bees need to quickly pollinate them for the nuts to be formed. As I tried to finish the story, Codet abruptly interrupted me, as is his custom, and said, Electra Klein is going to Manaus, the capital of the Amazon state in Brazil, on July 13th, to help organize the first-ever tree-climbing competition in Brazil. I want to go, but I can't miss that many classes. As much as I appreciate both stories, I really would like to know what kind of bee this is and what should we do about it, Susanna said impatiently. Well, 
I said. Let me see if I can find my B-field guide in the car. Before I could finish the sentence, Codet announced bombastically, No need for a field guide, my dear Dendro. Here is the evidence of a leafcutter bee of the genus Megachile. He pointed to a leaf with C-shaped holes on its margins. Bingo, I said to Codet. We have falsified the theory that these are killer AHBs, so no concerns there, Susanna, I concluded. They are still bees, and what's more, I can see now that they've been damaging my plants. I think I should still go with Mr. Arius's recommendation and spray the whole tree, Susanna insisted. Codet started jumping up and down. Don't tell me his first name is Neff, he exclaimed to Susanna. Why, yes it is. Is he a buddy of yours, Codet? Susanna asked candidly. No, Codet shouted. His work and ethics are questionable at best. Okay, I said. Let's review our options here. The leaf-cutting behavior of this bee is not really a concern as far as your tree's health. The bees don't actually eat the pieces of leaves. They use them to make their nests, I continued. In general, bees tend to be a concern in trees not because they create any damage, but because they tend to nest in hollow parts of a tree and or branches, and if that's the case, the concern is in the risk potential a decayed tree might present. Water oaks are not known to be good compartmentalizers, but Codet did not find any structural problems from decay. Ready to conclude our consultation, I said to Susanna, In my opinion, your trees appear to be in good condition. Hence, I wouldn't prescribe any treatments. Before I could finish the sentence, Susanna insisted, But what about the darn bees? At this point, I decided it was time for the good bug, bad bug education lesson. Bees are important pollinators for many of the flowering plants that you so obviously enjoy, and those plants provide habitat and food for many beneficial insects. Because your patio is reasonably far from your tree and flowers, and these bees do not have an aggressive behavior, they are not likely to become a nuisance. They're part of nature's delicate balance, like the orchid bees in the forests of Brazil. The chemical used against them could even kill those beneficial insects that prey on problematic pests. Spraying the whole tree for bees is not only unnecessary, it would be detrimental to the diversity of your backyard's ecosystem. Have I persuaded you? I asked her. Well, maybe they aren't all that bad. I will call Mr. Nefarious and tell him that I won't be needing his services. I'll try to educate him as well on the good bug, bad bug balance. The www.treesaregood.com website has a list of certified arborists in your area. I recommend that you have one inspect your trees at least once a year. And feel free to email me at any time, I said. Oh my, a southern gal is a keeper. I said to myself as Coded and I packed up to go. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD8453 to complete the quiz. And stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.